Good morning, everybody, and welcome to RPG Cast 494 for March 2nd, 2019. I'm your host. Hi, I'm Anna Marie Privetier. And I'm here with uh, Chris Privetier. Hi. No relationship. <laughs> what do you mean? And I'm here with Kelly Ryan. Hi. Hello. And I'm here with uh, Joshua Carpenter. Hey there. And I'm here with Jonathan. Huh? Yeah! <laughs> nice confused response. But hold on, I have a question. Are we not married anymore? Oh, yeah, I guess we're married. Uh, I'm so confused. I think, I think she meant no blood relation. Oh. Um, because Why would you every time. that? Don't you. Chris Did is... you not watch Tiny Toon Adventures? I'm confused. Babs Bunny. Bug, uh, Buster, Bunny. Buster Bunny, no relation. No relation. Also, do you know how often that we had to explain that when we had both Becky and Mac working on the site? Yeah. Yeah, like all the time. And it didn't help when we went and did it. <laughs> yep. All right. So, yeah. Um, Hi. Every once in a while, we get this weird glut of names on the site. Every once in a while, everyone on the show is sick. Yeah, we're kind of. I, I I have a bit of a cold, and Chris has a man cold, which uh, means he's useless. Uh, <laughs> so maybe Chris should tell uh, us what he's been playing so that he can whine off microphone. Uh, um. So as I've descended into this cold, I went through phases of ugh, before it turned into a cold, which, sorry. Hold on, I don't have a lot of energy right now. What I, what I mean to say is I've parlayed my don't feel like playing any new games, so I'm only playing Diablo into I'm only playing Diablo because that's the only thing I can muster up the energy to, to think about doing right now. So my week has been, actually, is it the last two weeks? Anna, help me. I've only been playing Diablo and watching Naruto. Yeah. So much Naruto. Mm-hmm. I think I'm now actually halfway through the series because that series goes to like episode 700 or something. Ah, oh, so much filler. Ah, uh, yes, I'm skipping the filler. Don't write in and tell me how to do that. I know. Um, you also have been playing Tetris Attack. I play. I lost in Tetris so bad. I thought yeah, it was okay. At that Tetris. was funny because the first time he boots it up, he's like, "All right, I'm gonna play." Do 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 dead. The first time I booted it up is the best time I've done. That was the second time I booted it up that oh, you okay. saw that was like three moves and it was like dead. Like, what What <laughs> just happened? Funny. <laughs> it's like, it really is a battle royale game. It's like, boom. oh, I guess there was a guy there. I'm dead. I'll start a new game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not good at Tetris 99.9. By the way, that should be Tetris Attack. That should be the name of that game is Tetris Attack. Oh, right. Sorry. My bad. Tetris yeah, 99. Tetris Attack. It's exactly Tetris 99, but it should be Tetris Attack. But they already had a Tetris Attack. Yeah, yeah I know, and they should take it back. Okay. Panel de Pol. <laughs> In Tirana. All right. Um, so, I, Josh, tell us what you've been playing. Wait, you wait. Tried... I need to ask people for an intervention. What should I be playing? How about we save that to the end of the okay, cast? Okay, I need help. Think about it for me. Josh, what have you been playing? Because you tried to play something, and then you ended up playing something else. <laughs> uh oh, someone's been following me on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah like... I'm such a stalker. Yeah, Jay Scarp. <laughs> so, like, after last week, I'm like, 
okay, yeah, I'm going to try and like be all positive about Anthem this week. And, uh... <laughs> oh, sorry, that was uh, I didn't plan that. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, An- hold on, hold on. Have you thought about uh, have you about Anthem? Well, after after a week of that, are you ready to do the same thing for Fallout seventy <laughs> six? Yeah, I at least avoided that one. All right. Um, like, tell me about Anthem. How's it been for you? It, it's been buggy. <laughs> it's gotten worse this it, week. Is it just bugs that's killing it for you, or is it you know? I not like fun that to play. Chris just Googled Anthem, and the first thing that comes up is Anthem servers down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been having a lot of that this week. I like there, this there one. Was one night. I saw this story. Night. Anthem's worst boss is so bad, it's not even worth fighting. So I don't know what up, what's up with that one, but I'm hoping you fought it. Anyway, tell me, tell me about your other night. Go ahead. Yeah, so there was one night where I was just trying. I, I tried for like an hour trying to even get to play a mission and it would just the the servers would just crash every single time and boot me out and and you know that game like the load times are long and it's tolerable but it is really annoying when you're stuck through really long load times after the game has crashed you know mm. oh yeah because you're like oh time to load up again does it still boot you up why uh, boot you out while you're loading into a new mission oh yeah oh that, that was, was the was worst so you'd spend forever waiting on it, and then you know you'd sit there for like five minutes, and then and it would then you realize, boot oh, you I'm out. crashed, aren't I? Oh, you yeah. wait until it crashes you out. Oh, even better. Mm-hmm. And then you go back in, and it's like, hey, you've rejoined, and the mission's almost over, or not even. <laughs> no, I wasn't even getting that. Oh, jeez. Yeah. The 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 positive thing, like I was playing this morning, and it was crashing this morning at the end of missions, like after after I'd finished oh. the mission, but before it had. You know, when you get to that screen where it tells you, like, oh, here's the uh, equipment and experience you got. Like, it was crashing in that, and I got the get, getting the error of, we were unable to upload your progress to no, the server. No, 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 that means you're not getting anything, right? No. No! So it was weird. Like, it, it saved, like, one of them was a side mission, so it saved that I had done the side mission, but I didn't get the experience for it. Or loot. <laughs> Do you not get like loot rewards either? No, I could. Oh, I, I don't remember. You know, you get so many loot things after every single mission, and most of them are just kind of like I don't pay attention to what they are individually. It's just I go eventually every once in a while. I go over to the forge and just kind of like, okay, what are the you know what what weapon do I need to upgrade to? So I don't really pay attention to the individual things I'm getting on each and every mission. It, it's like it's a shame because I really like the mechanics of the gameplay. Like it is just fun. The the more you get a hold of how to control the 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 whatever <laughs> you know the mech javelin. in the game, the javelin. There you go. Thank you. Once you get a get the hang of controlling it, it's a lot of fun. It's just so much fun to fly around in that game. And you once you start to learn how to hover in midair and attack enemies from that position like that sort of stuff is fun but it's just lacking in so many different ways um i've gotten to the midpoint in the game where you unlock where you have to unlock these four different tombs and you have to say you have to go tomb raiding yes you have to go tomb raiding all right cool but they don't unlock until uh, instead of like a 
you know, a lot of times in RPG, you know, you would have a fetch quest before you can get the key to unlock a tomb. This one, it's more like um, it's more like trophies in the game because it's it's all stuff like, oh, you got to do 10 combos before you can unlock this tomb. Oh, boy. So I've got to go. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to go around and do a bunch of that stuff. And I guess my other the other complaint I have about the about Anthem is kind of like an old man complaint because the UI in this game is really tiny. <laughs> all of the all of the text is small. All of the UI elements are really small. So I, I unlocked the first tomb, but I didn't want to go and do that. I went and did, wanted to go and do a side mission. So I'm in the middle of this side mission, and there's lots of you know there's lots of enemies around, and we're supposed to be finding. It, it, all, the missions in this game are a little too repetitive. They pretty much all boil down to like, oh, go shoot a bunch of enemies that just infinitely spawn practically, and you're supposed to go and like pick up some stuff you know, kind of random stuff that's strewn around while you're doing it. So I'm in the middle of this mission. I'm shooting lots of people. I'm finding some of this stuff. And I see a marker, a glowing marker, you know, pointing off to the side. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'm supposed to go over there in the middle of this little side mission. Well, it turns out this side mission was right next to one of those tombs. And I went over there and clicked on it, and it started loading me into the tomb and out of the side mission. Good job. Oh, goodness. You have left the mission area. Oh, God. No, I didn't. It, like, I guess in fairness to it, it didn't like crash, you know, like it didn't crash me out. I was I was still able to come back, come back to the mission and finish it. But I got stuck staring at a loading screen, you know, for a minute each way. <laughs> going into it. The mission was over by the time I, I got back. But it's just weird that it let me do that. So have you and figured out how to do a thing where you glitch your javelin and have two javelins at once? I have not done that yet. No. Have you seen that? No. Hmm. Lord help. Yeah, so you can get your you could be in a colossus with the uh with the agile interceptor's charge attack. Um <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you f- and and the gif is amazing. Um yeah. So this is, uh, the game needs some some work it seems like. Um, yeah, this game like needed what, another 6 or 9 months at least. What platform are you playing on? So, we know PS4. PS4 is where your bugs are. Okay. Yeah, Do you know if it's buggy comments. elsewhere. Uh, I have no clue. Is there in the complaints? I'm going to say... Buggy everywhere? (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of buggy everywhere. I have friends that play it say the mechanic's good. The game itself is pretty good. It has some bug issues and it has some lack of content issues. Yeah. Kind of like Destiny early on. Well, I guess Destiny was never really buggy. It more (laughs) had the lack of content issues. Yeah, like the, the... The characters that you can interact with are pretty good, and the voice acting is yeah, top How do you like walking around the city to interact with those characters? Well, well like I said, they, they made it so at least you can, you can sprint. Oh, you can sprint So it sprint doesn't now. take right. quite so long. Okay, good. Thank God they fixed that from the beta, because, yeah, that was pretty insufferable <laughs> in the beta, having to walk everywhere in that city. So, like, I wanted to be positive about it. Hey, Anthem, they, but... they apparently posted a loot hotfix yesterday. Yeah. To make loot better. So now you can go and uh, get some better loot and then have your game crash out and not get it on your account. Yep. <laughs> Won't that be great? That'll be fun. <laughs> I can look forward to that. <laughs> so you've tried to to love Anthem this week. And what's your what's your, what do you think is your final your final for the week place? Where'd you land? 
Yeah, yeah I'm, 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 I'm still on the nay. Nay. Okay. Unfortunately. It's an unfortunate nay. How about that? So I'm trying like, to be man, positive. if they fix this thing, oh boy. You think it, they can? Yeah, I, like, obviously, Jonathan's friends like it, so obviously, it's it's good enough for some people. Like, I think it's possible. Wow, <laughs> that sounds sure like anyone, I'm really insulting anyone, them. It's going to be one of those things. Is anyone going to care <laughs> by the time they get it fixed? Is going to be the trick, you know? Hmm. Like, if it's good in six months, will anyone care? That's always the problem. Well, someone will. People who bought it go back and play it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's people. It's what was that? Uh, what was that annoying or not annoying? What was that game? Or the buzz was annoying about it, not the game itself. On PlayStation, <laughs> I feel like that's the, every game now. <laughs> the exploration, the space exploration game. I can't even a think no of it. Sky. A no Man's Sky. Yeah, yeah. So that got a really hated reception. And then after they made those free updates, people there's like a, a contingency that really loves it now. It's a good mm-hmm. game. I mean, yes, it is possible. It's a good game. Until you See? run out of stuff to do. And then it's like, oh, I really wanted to do more, but I guess I'm done. So while Anthem's been crashing on me, I've just been playing Final Fantasy IX instead. <laughs> I, I hear Switch? that you're starting to like Steiner. Oh, Steiner's awesome. No. He's good. Okay. Isn't he funny? It's funny. Mm. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the way they bounce back and forth between the two different parties. I, I, I made it past River Dance. That was that was something. <laughs> about the only part about that game that I'm not super crazy about is the battle system, and I've just never been super crazy about the active time battle system in those games. Yeah, and for I, some for oh, some reason in that one, the battle system was really slow. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And the uh, the new version has the ability to uh, like fast forward mm-hmm. and even autoplay. Autoplay is great if you just want to you know grind and fight people, but you can't do the fast forward because the fast forward goes way too fast in like any other kind of battle. Like things are just happening too quickly, and I can't keep up with it anyway. But I've just never been crazy about active time battle because it always seems like after I click on, uh, you know, after I make a decision, like I'm going to attack or do a magic spell, then while I'm waiting for that to happen, the boss will make or, you know, the enemy will make some big attack. And I'm like, oh, crap, I should have healed or I should have, you know, done something else. Uh, and I'll, I just prefer a regular straight turn based system than active time. But the rest of Final Fantasy IX has just been fantastic, like. I, I, How are the load I times on the absolutely... Switch? Like I said, the load times I, are sorry, fine, except... Uh, well, no, like last week, um, the load times are good, except for the... Uh, every single time you go to a new area and get into a random encounter, you have this one really long load time on your oh. first random encounter, where hmm. it like loads... I guess it's loading in the background mm-hmm. for, the, for the battle. But it's just the very first battle. After that, it's fine. So I have no clue where the heck that comes from, but that every single time you move to a new area where it's going to have a new background for the random encounters, you get this one really long, noticeably long, you know, five, maybe, maybe I'm exaggerating, maybe it's five or seven seconds, but it's a noticeably long load time for that very first battle. And then after that, it's just, you know, like a split second. And then, of course, you've still got the, the goofy camera flying around. <laughs> they didn't get rid of that, but... Otherwise, like it's it's great. Um, the Switch version has all the cheats built in, so anytime I don't want to fight a boss, you can just 
turn the cheats on and get get past them. <laughs> you still have the uh, the bosses that are like totally unbeatable, even with the cheats that are on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's her name? The uh, the Beatrix. Beatrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's totally unbeatable, even when, even when I got the uh, the max attack on, where I'm doing nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine damage. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter. She still beats you. Otherwise, like, yeah, I love nine. It's been fantastic. Revelation. <laughs> I think nine is the last lighthearted Final Fantasy they've done. I don't really, I don't really nope. consider ten okay. to be lighthearted. Right. It's very do- dire the whole way through. Yeah, I, they, they they need to make something that's more like this. This is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Well, they they do. It's called Bravely Default. <laughs> but that's it for me this week. Who's next, Anna? How about Jonathan? Ah. Oh, it's me. Yeah, yes. it's you. So I've been kind of sick too, Chris. <gasps> I feel your pain. Oh. The whole family is like coughing and congestion in the chest and stuff and not fun. My voice is probably a little gravelly right now. Um, and also, I, I hurt myself, uh, not last time, but that before. So I, I hobble around right now. I, I either really jammed or broke my little toe. So I was in my uh, game room area, and I really had to go pee. So I was like, oh, I was playing a game or something, and I was kind of holding it. And I was like, oh, crap, I got to go real bad. So I was kind of rushing a little bit into the guest room to go to the bathroom in there. And I think I thought there was like a dog poop on the floor from a stupid dog. And I like, oh, crap, and tried to like move my foot. And actually, that was literally old crap right there. And I guess I tried to move my foot out of the way or uh, dodge it or something. It was in the dark, and I... As I was going through the door, and I kicked the door frame. Oh, I know. It's so big and black and yellow and swollen right now. It sucks. Uh, I've done that before, and what sucks is that you can't even go to the doctor for it. Really, all you do is just kind of tape it to the toe. Yeah, I didn't even bother. So, yeah, so that's um, that's my pain right now. And uh, I've played games i've talked about before uh i played a couple new games so one i'll, I'll get the the non-rpg out of the way is that apex legends game that's not an rpg the, no no cover it. no it's oh a, no wait that's that's the arena shooter where your three-player teams my bad it's yes ba- battle royale that's from the titanfall developers yep yes. i watch so people it, play it so it's it, to me it's like a relevant game <laughs> uh yeah so it's I think you can add Battle Royale to, like, Overwatch and with a Titanfall gameplay. And that's kind of what Apex is. So it's got more of the cartoony, cheesy, uh, different characters with different little skills that you can do. Not as diverse in skills and, and play styles as something like Overwatch. You know, those characters are very different from each other, but... Um, different, more different than say stuff like Fortnite or, or even I guess it's a little bit like Fortnite in that way, or like PUBG where you're all kind of the same character and it just depends on what weapons you have. So 
it's you you fly in you run around um uh, there's a big mechanic in the game where you slide <laughs> your knees so it's a little more uh quick pace jump around movement type shooter than your traditional style so it's pretty good i'm not as hooked on it as i have been on some others but a lot of my friends who I play with play it, so that's kind of why I started playing it. So it's all right, it's, and it's free, so you don't have to put money in unless you want to buy, like, a salute boxes or something to make your characters look fancy. Um, and I'm sure they'll be adding more. Like, there's some characters you can unlock, and there's skin, all kind of skins and banners, and they say little things when they kill you or when they start that you can unlock that kind of stuff to... For those people interested in customizing their characters, so as Fortnite has shown, that can be very lucrative. Uh, so that's fun. And then I played uh, a game we kind of talked on Twitter about, a game I did an interview about, which is uh, Heretic Operative. And it's it just released a couple weeks ago on Steam. And uh, it's more of a... it's It, it was described as a board game strategy RPG and I get why they advertise it that way I would probably say it's more like just a a digital board game and obviously there's strategy in it just because almost any board game has elements of strategy and uh, the RPG elements are there in the traditional sense but not the gaming sense so when I think of RPG elements, I'm thinking, you know, leveling up, doing the adventuring, that kind of thing, where the RPG elements in this are more you're taking the role of this character and you're going to make decisions for him uh, narratively or within the board game and choosing him where to go. So it's it's got the tabletop RPG, that kind of aspect, but not video game. You're, you're not leveling up your character so much. So is this, um, uh, you playing online with people or is this a, no, it's the AI? Player. Yeah, just oh. the AI. So you basically have uh, six characters to choose from uh, around there and about six decks. Um, so it's kind of card based, but it's on a board. And then there's four five enemies. Uh, my numbers may be slightly off, but it's about that. And so you can have a bunch of different combinations like playing this character with this game deck with against this enemy and six times six times five or whatever it is 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 a lot of permutations however there is just one board so i've heard some people complaining that hey there's only one board it's all the same but with the way the different decks are you draw different story events so what happens is you have your character he has two actions a turn and they uh one action can be moved on the map one action is to do an event or buy something you can Buy or influ- hire people with an influence. Um, uh, you have a, like an influence currency, I guess is the best way to say it, uh, or supply, and you generate that every turn based on either your character or certain things you have unlocked. Um, you also have things like uh, lore, which grants you uh, the ability to do spells. And then there's this thing, uh, it's kind of like a, I won't say it's a crazy meter it's like uh i forget the term but as you use magic in the game uh it makes this level go higher whatever this uh it's like your darkness meter or something like that i'm saying the wrong word but i think you can go max 99 for until your guy just like goes crazy or something and you lose ah chaos corruption (laughs) something like something like that and you can 
every turn, if your willpower is high, it'll go down a little bit per turn. And then there's other things you can do to make it go down even further. Uh, otherwise, if you have a negative willpower, it actually increases every turn. And after you get to 50, it's really hard to make it go down. So you're kind of on a ticking clock. You can unlock other operatives, and it costs whatever resource that, that it requires. You can meet them on different locations on the map. And then they can also do actions for you, but they all share the same two action pool. So you kind of are limited on what you can do. All the while, you have an enemy boss that's doing his own actions at his own turns, which usually means spotting enemies around you, and then you have to go clear them out at a certain time or they start kind of overrunning you. So it, I guess I'm not, it's hard to kind of explain it verbally, but you move around the map, you try, you have different events, you have different goals that'll pop up that say, hey, you got to go do this. And if you beat do these goals and uh, do the end goal before the enemy reaches like their influence level at the top, you win. If the enemy reaches their influence level, you lose. So it's like a little meter on the side of the screen. So when you first start playing, you kind of don't know what the hell you're doing. And even then, I've played the three or four games, and I get it for the most part, but there's still some things I don't quite know what I'm doing. So I know there's some... There's tool tips like you can mouse over but you can learn a lot about that there but you learn about each individual thing sometimes how it all fits together is a little confusing i think there's some tips online too um the first game i played hey this is kind of cool and then you play a second and then I i was able to beat it on the second go around and then i added the new enemy and the new enemy just destroyed me and so the difficulty spikes some of the randomness that happens can either make or break your entire game so i i was the first time i played i lost against that this spy operative that was in my town and then he started spotting like six of them and then it was too much for me to overcome and beat them all and the next game i like went after the first one and then got another and got another one and i won really quick so i was like hmm that was interesting how that happened and the next one i just he kept overrunning me and i couldn't stop him so I'm not sure if that's there's a lot of dice rolling and you can like re-roll the dice with like fate resources and stuff. So you know board gamey types of things that are that are in there. So I think it's just how it's going to be. It's just it's going to be random and even if you have a really good strategy or you do something sometimes you get lucky and sometimes you're not. And sometimes getting unlucky at the for the wrong thing early in the game is just going to screw you and you can't really recover. So I think some people will have problems with this, especially when they're used to just more fair video games, whereas board games aren't necessarily as fair a lot of times. And you can lose, and you just lose, and you try again. So I think I, I do play a lot of board games, so I have, may have a little more patience than those who wouldn't with that kind of thing. So I think that's going to hold it back some from being more uh, generally accepted. Uh the, the 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 bonus though for that is each map or each match you do is only like 30 to 45 minutes max so it's not like you have a huge time investment you're losing on so it's like okay I'll just it's a it's a good pick up and play kind of game I'll, I got 30 minutes to burn I'll go and you know play a game of heretic operative so that's kind of the best way I can put it uh it's got some replay value uh, it's good for little bursts here and there. I, it's not a game I'd sit there and do a gaming session 
uh, sitting like into the breach, you know, where each of those little maps are 20 to 30 minutes and you do a little a battle and you do one and man, I just need to keep doing another and another. This one's probably not going to do that. It's going to be more of a, you'll go and play one and okay, that was cool. I had my fill. I played my game for the day, you know, uh, it's not something you'd sit there and marathon three hours, four hours of, of gaming. So I think that's about all I have on that one. Cool. Um, uh, and then I got a new controller the other day. Yeah, tell me about this, because I see it on here, and I'm not familiar with the name. So it's the 8-Bit Doe, uh, the M30. So have you have you guys seen the 8-Bit Doe, uh, Super Nintendo, and, and Nintendo controllers? Nope. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah uh, we have one. Oh. Okay, then. That's yes. the wireless one I have. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. So, yeah, they finally made one for the Genesis. Sega Genesis. So I got that, and a lo- big reason why I got it. Well, I just wanted a wireless controller for it. The other is I have that uh, suit, the Mega SG coming, so it'll be used for that as well. Um, I've been playing with it the last few days, and while I love the controller itself, I'm getting some connectivity issues on it, Ooh. which I haven't not had on my other ones. Is I there a like firmware two- update? No, it's not even that. It's oh. the 2.4 gigahertz one, and it's not Bluetooth. So they advertise it as, you know, faster, less lag than Bluetooth, yada, yada, yada. But for some reason, I'm playing it, and sometimes it'll, like, lose connection, and, like, whatever the last button I press, it'll, like, press it, like, eight times in a row, you know? <laughs> and then not be responsive. That's just pissing me off. And I, I really usually don't get frustrated with games very much, but when the controller starts doing that, it's like, I've been wanting you, and now you're not working kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I, um, I, I know they put out firmware <clears throat> updates for those things, like their receivers yeah, and their controllers, but um, if it's not that, that sucks. Yeah, just, Maybe it's your Wi-Fi interfering somehow. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. So I think I just, I, I do have the um, my wireless router like right next to me up here. So they do offer a Bluetooth version. It's a little more expensive, and you can't I have be as far away I, with that too. Yeah, the other ones I have are Bluetooth, and I love those. I have no problems at all with the the Super Nintendo one I have and the two NES ones I have, and they work great. And huh. this one, when it's working, it works fine. But every now and then, especially when I first start playing, it'll start doing that. So would you say out. it's like the uh, Switch left controller? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and what's weird is they say no interference issues, no this, no that, and it's like uh, this is. And then I saw one other review on Amazon have like the same problem, so I'm not sure what's going on. I'll, I'll give it a few more days, and then I may just need to return it and get the Bluetooth one, and I'll better suit my setup. But that's so a little disappointed in that. But otherwise, the controller itself, when it's working, it's very comfortable. It feels right. It weighs right in your hand. And uh, how about the D-pad? That's what I'd be most worried yeah. about on there. Good. Feels good. Yep. Okay. And, it's, it's got uh, like the, the big old circle, so that's I always worry about those. Oh yeah, it feels good. Okay. It's uh, kind of clicky, uh, not clicky, but it kind of you feel it kind of go into its spot pretty well. Oh good, oh. good. Um, I don't know. They also released a retro bit. Uh, reproduction controllers uh recently as well they haven't released their wireless ones yet but i've been hearing amazing things about those as well 
So they made basically new Saturn controllers and new Genesis controllers. And the, the D-pad's supposedly amazing and all this stuff. So that's another one to keep your eyes on. So I don't wait, what's the, the difference ones. between what you just got and the retro bit then? Well, the, re- oh. the only re- retro bit ones right now are wired or wired USB. Right. Yeah. So is Retrobit a different company? I yes, I'm this is a bit not dope. keeping up here. Okay, right. <laughs> so Retrobit so, and Apeto Bit are different companies. Are the Retrobits wired or are they wireless? Or right now the Retrobits are wired. So they're However, really meant to be just we licensed things and made like as authentic an original controller as we could. Correct, and supposedly Sega's actually worked closely with Retrobit to get the exact design and look and feel and everything down wait okay all right so here and you're a retro guy maybe you know this there's like some vaunted d-pad usb sega controller that everyone talked about being awesome and i've searched for this i think it's a saturn usb controller or some shit like that i can't understand i don't this old or new old and that i don't know okay and I'm just wondering if one of these is like that somehow. Yes. I can't keep so up. So everyone's with this. raving about the D-pads on these. They feel okay. just like the originals. All right. So these maybe so the ones they just released Retrobit are more like replacements for your old existing controllers. Okay. So that's what those are. And however, in a few but months, there is a PC one. It looks like too. Yeah, there is. And there's yeah. a USB version, so you could use for emulators or um, anything else. Oh, I should get one of these. I need to get me a new um, a new Sega controller because I have the original wireless one that was an IR sensor. Oh yeah, those are rough. And yeah, when you're used to like new wireless controllers, yep. having to point is kind of rough. Yeah, I got those two. I got a, a set of two of them, and I was like, "Oh, these are going to be so awesome! I can't wait for a wireless Sega controllers." I'm like, "Ooh, yeah, these are kind of rough to use. This is annoying. I got to hold it like this the entire time." So. They they were useful back in the day, but now not so much. Yep, I agree. So my problem with these controllers is they're very, I mean, they're authentic. And the problem is there's only one set of shoulder buttons, right? So they need to make one that's like almost like this, but add the extra shoulders. To use for other games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would use the, I have the, well, double shoulders, that's going to be... Even the like eight bit does only have one set of shoulders per each. Yeah. R one and R and L one, and then I know there's the Buffalo USB pad. Have you used that? No. So the, oh, that only has one set of shoulders. So if you want a wired USB controller, the Buffalo Super Nintendo pad is like the best thing, and it's only like fifteen dollars. It's awesome. I have it. So for emulators on your PC, old school style games, it doesn't have analog sticks. D-pad game. So for D-pad, Super Nintendo Buffalo controller. Okay. Now the wireless ones, I like the Epito Bluetooth, and you can get the Super Nintendo version with the two analog sticks. And actually, no, this one does have two uh, tri- uh, two sets of triggers. Yeah. So the the Epito, like the FN uh, Super Nintendo 30 or something like that. It's one of the, the the more recent ones I have. It does have the two sets of shoulders on the top. And it's a Super Nintendo shape. But this one's like a $40, 50 controller. But I use it for my uh, Super NT to play Super Nintendo games with. Obviously, I don't need the shoulder buttons but or the analog sticks. But if I needed to hook it up to my PC, I could. So that one, I, I love that controller. It's awesome. The, there's only one negative I have. 
oh, at that? all with it. And it's at the if it's not being in use over like days, the battery will drain. Yeah. So sometimes, okay, I want to go play, and I haven't played it in like a week, and it's like barely has any battery. Other than that, while you're if it's on a full charge and you're playing, it actually lasts a long time. It just drains slowly while not in use. That's the only issue I have with it. Whereas some of the other like what kind of like the Switch controller or some of the others like the old Wavebirds and all that, I, I won't touch them for like a year and I'll pick them up and they still the batteries still work. So I, there's something in there that I guess it's a constant trickle. Sure. I'm not sure what it is. No, yeah. I, I, no, have, I have the same issue with my 8-bit, too. How, how does it charge? A micro USB? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the two older ones have the old micro USB style. The new one has that more iPhone-looking one. I don't know. Oh, they've got the USB-C exact. on the new one? Yes. Oh, nice. That's good for charging with your Switch charger, then. Yes. They use the same one. One thing I do, I have those little magnetic ones, right? So I put the little magnetic tips in the top of each one, and then I get this cable that goes with it. That So that's where the magnet comes in, and it just kind of quickly magnet clips to the top of them, and then that's how you charge them. So you don't, so don't got to keep inserting in and out, and you can just put those little tips in each one of them and just pop it to the same cord. I've so never heard of these. I'm going to look for these. It's like uh, the old school Mac- MacBook Pro adapter thing. Uh, yeah, they're, they're pretty useful. All of my micro USBs in the house now have like a little um, USB C adapter, so that depending on what I'm charging, like if I've if I've got my switch, then I can just quick pop on the USB C adapter. Or if I've got my Vita or like PS4 controller, then I can just pop that off and charge, and it's pretty handy. I'll show you, Chris, what I got. These are pretty cool. What's the brand name on them? Um, smart and cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> I am smart and cool for you. <laughs> Actually, I stole this idea. I didn't steal it. It was rec- uh, YouTube, My Life in Gaming. And that's how they're exploring different ways to do cable control and gear cable management and charging all their new wireless controllers from PS4 to PS3 to X, you know, all the different ones. And oh, they say, hey, we tried these. Yep. So you plug those in and swap them in and out. I love that channel. Oh, do you watch them? Yeah, they're pretty yeah. good. They're very thorough, and I like their, their approach to things. Very informative. They definitely made me want to go out and spend $400 on a frame meister. <laughs> yeah, I've thought about it, too. <laughs> oh, no, I want to make a we mister. We talked about it on here. <laughs> That's where I want to put my money, is in the mister. Yep. So... Those are useful. I'm sorry, uh, what was that YouTube channel you guys were just talking about? Uh, My Life in Gaming. Of course, if you start typing My LI on YouTube, you get Little Pony. Um, (laughs) But yeah, here we go, My Life in Gaming. I'm going to subscribe to that, check that out later. Yeah, they have a lot of videos about how to get the best look out of all of your retro systems. Mm -hmm. Oh, RGB mods? Yeah, and, and nice. they even go as far as to like comparing um, like virtual console stuff to uh, other other stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they do stuff like that. They do like video game setups, how the best way to wire things together, mm-hmm. um, all your different options. They compare. Oh, they compare the... per- professional video monitors. Nice. Yep. They also compare things like the Super NT, the FPGA, or the Retron 5, those kind of things. 
the, you do, can uh, spend so hardware. much money on this. Oh yes, oh, yeah. you can. <laughs> Uh, I've been down to each of those Super NTs and the Mega SG I got are like 200 each. So they're not just pick up and play. They're pretty serious consoles. And then these little controllers, they start adding up over time. And then you start doing stuff like these little $15 magnetic charging things and you get real fancy. But it's part of the fun. I mean, not not spending a lot of money, I guess, isn't, but the, the customizing and getting these items are fun, of course. GameCube HD Mark II. What in the world? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's uh, what I, that I, so the you know about the the component GameCube cables, right? Yeah, I have mm-hmm. one. Okay, yeah, you're lucky. They're really I know, expensive. I know. <laughs> and the reason why they're so expensive is because there's a little chip in in the plug that goes into your GameCube mm-hmm. that they haven't really been able to recreate. So as far as components, so what they did is they created that HDMI adapter for the back of it, which is cool. Now I can use HDMI on my GameCube. The problem is, is that adapter is usually about just about as expensive as those cables are. <laughs> so, well, which is yeah, better looking? Do they have a verdict between the two? Uh, I don't recall. I think okay. the components still might be, Whoa. but it's probably one of those things where it's going to be negligible. Yeah, if you're and, not looking at it with a magnifying glass, who cares? Um, <laughs> and HDMI convenience on modern televisions yeah. is better than component. Yeah, yeah, because trying to find a TV with component nowadays has been kind of a pain. The, but then, the then you need a scaler, though, ones, right? Yeah, the lower-end ones usually don't. Um the higher end TVs usually have one component input, or what I have, I have a receiver, uh-huh. uh, so I it has component input and it does con- component to HDMI conversion. Okay. So my I just, I plug it in my receiver, and the only thing going from my receiver to my TV is HDMI, so I can play my GameCube through that. Ah, uh, see, I, I've got this really old. Um sharp tv that's like about 10 mm-hmm. years old now that I, i'm wanting to replace with something that's just a little bit more high res but the problem is that this older tv has so many inputs yep and trying to find something with as much inputs as that has has just been a pain i feel you <laughs> especially if you just get like the lo- lo- uh, the lower end you just want a, a screen you don't mm-hmm. want all the the bells and whistles that you're not even going to use, or at least that's for me. Yeah. I don't need the, I don't need all the smart TV stuff because I, I have my PC hooked up to my TV. Yeah, right? I don't so, need it either. But when you get rid of the smart TV stuff, they usually give you like two HDMI inputs. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. that sucks. Yeah, but, that, yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, you're not buying the smart TV stuff at that point. You're buying the rest of the panel and the rest of the TV. But yeah, I know it's adding well, to the I, cost. Well, I just I don't care about the smart TV stuff I know, because I have just, my PS4 It's just for a that. symptom of hey, this is the good one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the IoT creep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is cool. Oh, we're gonna get. We should get out of this retro hole, shouldn't we? <laughs> Kelly, have you been playing some new stuff? Uh, no, not exactly. Well, then tell um, us what you've been playing because I want to cheer I, you on. I. Just finished Labyrinth Nine of Etrian Odyssey. Yay! You have subclasses. And, yeah, and I I must say, uh, some of these puzzles have been pretty intense. Like the the sub labyrinth I just did that had the FOEs that um that they're slugs, and when you first see them, they like run away from you. And it's like, oh okay, well I guess I don't have to deal with these. And then the next room. 
if they run away from you and merge it together, then all of a sudden they become super slugs and can move like two steps to your one step and go after you. Yep, those are fun. And it's like, oh, I don't like these super slugs. So you have to like ch- chase the individual ones into the corner and hope that they don't combine together or else you're screwed. And I think I had to warp out of that dungeon like multiple times because the super slugs kept combining and getting me in a corner. And I mean, yeah, I could, you know, I'm playing on picnic mode so I can take them out easily. But those particular ones were just damaged sponges. And... Then the labyrinth I just did, you know, I I was already blown away by the fact that you could jump on walls in this game, which which is just unheard of in an Etrian Odyssey up to this point. And now that you can not only jump on walls, but you can use FOEs as stepping stones and figuring out how to push them around to get to uh, other areas. And um, but, you know, if you if you well, there are these pill bugs that you can push, but if you push them like what three times all of a sudden they aggro and attack you so figuring out you know how many times you can push them to move so that you can open up new areas has just been I'd, i'm just blown away by the puzzle design of this one compared to the other ones i didn't know if you felt that way no no i like, totally agree like the dungeons are so well designed in nexus yeah so, it, it, like I, like I said last week, it makes me sad that this is going to be the last one for the for a while. I really hope they bring this series to the Switch. Because I mean, they they how do you think they the, do it, it on the Switch? Um, just auto auto map. I mean, it's already programmed into the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe in handheld mode, you can but, draw the map by well, hand. Hold on, hold on. If they put it auto map, is fine, but then. Um, how do you look at the map while you're walking around? Uh, window. Uh, well, if if I was them, what I would do... How do you look at the map when you're playing Diablo? Yeah. Oh, corner. let's not start on my map issues with Diablo 3 versus Diablo 2. Okay. You, you, you want to have... know what I do? I have a transparent map overlaid over the entire screen. Yeah, that's Something what I do most too. people don't want. Oh, no. I like that, actually. Hmm. <laughs> See, if, if I was Atlas, what I would do is, you know, in handheld mode, which you play in, um, what is it, Tate mode? I, I mispronounced Tate. it. Tate, yeah. I know Tate. what you're talking about. Yeah. So you yeah. turn it sideways. Portrait mode is the yeah. the American term, really. And then what? And then and just then have the just map have on top like... and, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not unprecedented. We literally have controllers that let you hold your switch sideways because there's lots of shootery. Yeah, games but I don't. That's not like an that. official thing. Is the okay. problem? Uh, it's licensed by Nintendo, I think. Oh, they have the Angry Bear thing back again. Okay. Yeah, all oh, yes. of the FOEs have been seen in other series. It's really cool. Hmm. I I love the Angry Bear one and luring him around to open up new passages. <laughs> that's fun. And, the, and then the one where you were climbing around the walls where if it saw you, it would knock you off the wall. Oh, jerks. Yeah. Yeah. This, oh, this game is so good. I'm going to be sad when I eventually finish it. Well, you're about three quarters of the way done. Yeah, I know. I'm just going to be sad. But um, other than that, I've been playing <coughs> um, tra- Trails. Uh, I just got to Chapter 5. Yay! Got- Got two new party members. One of them is really annoying. 
Oh, the kid character? Yes. She gets better. Yeah. Just, uh, I, I don't know. That kind of, that level of enthusiasm just exhausts me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you feel the same way. It usually does. She does get better, I thought. Yeah. But, but maybe that's my Falcom fandom, you know, clouding my judgment. And... When when I finish Cold Steel one, I don't know if I want to take a break or not, and it, before I play the other one, because I picked up Final World of Final Fantasy Maxima for twenty bucks on the Switch this week. There's a big I've, sale this week. Yeah, and I've been really wanting to check that out. Yeah, I'm kind of going back and forth on it too because I have it for Vita, and that's how mm-hmm. I think I would play it. But the Vita version doesn't have the Maxima upgrade. And yeah. the Maxima upgrade on PlayStation is is like, what, $14? I don't know. I think it's just as expensive as what you'd pay right now. Right. So just get it on the Switch. Yeah, I, I think that's what I'm going to end up doing. See, if, if you started up, I might end up starting it up with you, just so well, that we can talk ooh, about it together. Social play. Well, yes. Wait, wait, wait until you actually get to the end, Kelly. There, there's another big cliffhanger at the end of Cold Steel, so you may okay. want to. You may not want to wait. Oh, I might drop it to my, or I might drop, uh, switch to my portable game. I don't know. There, I have lots of options. I just, I, I've been itching to play Maxima so bad, and when it was twenty bucks this week, I'm like, okay, sold. <laughs> um. I also need Anna's advice because for Backtrack, somebody challenged us to play through a Compile Heart game. Oh, are we going to discuss Nep Nep Love? Well, I, I'm. I think like one of the other guys are like doing Nep Nep, so I'm. I'm choosing between either Trillions, Miku, or Monster Monopiece. Oh, all right. So Trillion, Miku, or Monster Monopiece. Are you okay with repetitive gameplay or would you prefer something that changes as you go along? I don't as long as it's not bravely default level level of repetitive, I'm fine with repetitive gameplay. Okay. Do you want a dungeon crawler or do you <clears throat> want something other than a dungeon crawler? First person dungeon crawler. I th- I don't know. I think I might be dungeon crawled out by the time I finish nexus all right are you comfortable with girls losing their clothes of course <laughs> monster why mon do you piece. have to even ask <laughs> so um monster mon piece out of the three of those is a um card rpg where you have like a three by um five field and so there's two 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 sets of three that so six blocks that are yours and six blocks that are theirs and then like a set of three neutral blocks and so you put down your cards which transform into half naked girls and then they walk across to the map to the other side and if they meet one of the enemies um cards they fight okay it was fun um yeah as you power up your various cards they lose more and more clothing of course they do. Of course they do. I, I think we have my. I've seen this. Because, I can confirm it's true. Because I also wanted to pick the um, Moe trashiest one of the bunch. That too. is absolutely the Moe trashiest one of the bunch. Okay, I, I am sold. 
Yep. I must say, I am shocked, shocked to find out that there is a lack of clothing in a Compile Heart game. <laughs> Were you surprised? I was surprised. All right. So I think I'm, I'm the only one that has to go, right? Yeah. Yay. So um, I finished Fantasy Star and I really like, I want them to do more of these Sega Ages style games because I think if I had played Fantasy Star in its original format, whether it was as an adult or as a child, it would have driven me insane. I, I just don't think the original mechanics would have felt good to me. Um, but the new version um, lowers the encounter rate, increases the experience you get in every encounter. Um, I played it with like a really well-developed FAQ, except for some reason they forgot um, to include to get the fruit that Meow needs to eat. Um, but since I stumbled into it on my own, I was really happy about that. So I want to see more of this because it lets me revisit old games in a way that is comfortable for me. Um, and then I picked up Merenian Tavern Story, Patty and the Hungry God, because we did a review of it a couple weeks ago. Um, it's uh, the same team that did Adventure Bar Story and the various iterations of Adventure Bar Story, because every time they put it on a new platform, they changed it a little. Um, and it's really good with a star on the end. So <laughs> here's, here's the thing that drives me crazy. The gameplay is phenomenal. So you go out into a field, there's um, gather points and there's enemies to fight. You don't get experience fighting enemies. You just get materials. And so when you come back to your kitchen, you cook things with the materials that you find. Um, and so animal products mostly come from fighting and then gathering products come from gathering. So like fruit and vegetables and um, things like that come from gathering. And then once you cook dishes, every dish has a val has a gold value and an experience value. So you have to choose between whether you're going to sell your food or power up your characters. Ah, oh, very zvi. Yes. And so the, the gameplay loop is phenomenal. Like, it's it has that five more minutes oh my god it's three hours later that happened to me more than once <laughs> here's the thing that drives me bananas the localization is bad mm. like who did the loc on this one is this circle again or no so this is um chemco oh okay chemco, chemco publishing or so it's developed by um, Rideon, which also yeah. does like the Mercenaries tactical RPGs. Mm -hmm. So Rideon kind of like swans out their localizations. So they sometimes work with Circle, they sometimes work with Chemco, and they sometimes work with uh, a third company whose name is just escaping me. They only work yeah. with like small publishers. And so it makes the quality of their work really inconsistent. So it's like I like almost everything that Rideon has put out, but I get pissy because it's like every time there's like a wrong tense in a sentence, I go screeching to a halt. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is the more editing that I do in games, um, the more sensitive I am to this. So this is 100% a me problem and not a typical gamer problem, um, but it drives me bananas. It, it, it bugs me too. And also just like, some of their games just don't the localization even beyond that just doesn't get like the it's it bland. doesn't get injected with the energy that it should have yeah you know, no like a lot of these games are 
are silly and fun and lighthearted and the localization should, you know, reflect that. And, and they that's just the thing flat. that frustrates me is like Meridian Tavern story is so solid gameplay wise that if it had a good localization instead of just an ambivalent localization, it would be a great game and I'd a hundred percent recommend it and I'd be buying it for everybody. And it's like, uh, but the localization. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I mean, do you think that they just don't have the budget? <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, it kind of feels like these companies just need to hire like a line editor who goes through and like just reads everything before it goes into the game. But they don't need to do that. They're making money without doing that. That's the sad part. That really is the sad part. (laughs) The idea that localization doesn't matter. It does matter. I know. Uh, it's funny that you're talking about that because, you know, me and my husband, just for funsies, are trying to um, translate a manga right now. Uh-huh. And, you know, he j- just, you know, put, put the whole script in a text document with the Japanese and then handed it to me so that I could, like, see about, you know, making it make sense. And I sat down last night and I'm reading the manga pages and I'm seeing the panels and I'm like, okay, this is hard. Yeah, <laughs> it is a skill, and it, I just think about how back in well, the in and the Anna, early you 90s, usually do it when you're doing it. You're doing it with an Excel spreadsheet with no context. Correct. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I'm thinking about in the early '90s when it was like literally the accountants at Square Enix USA doing some of the work, and it's like I will never gripe about a early '90s translation again. Yes. So one other thing, my my only one complaint, a single complaint about the Meridian Tavern story gameplay is that it doesn't, and this is a weird one, but bear with me, is it doesn't teach you enough about the game. It's like lacking like one or two extra tutorials. Because here's the problem is, is when you are going to set up your dishes to to open up the, the tavern for the day, if you put certain dishes on the menu together, there will be a little flashing require more customers or more customers needed. I can't, I don't remember the exact wording, but to me that sounded like, Oh, I can't put these dishes together because my shop isn't big enough yet, but it's actually the complete opposite. If you put together dishes that are complimentary, so like pizza and beer, you will actually earn more customers coming to your tavern. So it wasn't a warning. It was a, oh, this is good. It was a bonus. But it does, because of the way that it's translated, it sounds like a warning. And the game never teaches you that it's a buff. Yeah. So, yeah, really, that's like the only thing that I can think of that I am really, that that I was really taking. How did you find that out, Anna? Um, I asked the person that reviewed it for our site. Ah. And then I went on a message forum and confirmed. Tangentially so, related, but I'm hungry for pizza and beer now for some reason. Yeah, I'm really sorry. So um, since I was like, all right, life sim games, I'm totally on a roll. Um, just as I was finishing up Meridian Tavern Story, Circle Entertainment announced World Tree Marche. Um, and they like announced it on the 25th that it came out on the 28th. So they were like wasting no time. Um <laughs> And so I was like, all right, I'm on this life sim kick. Let's pick it up. And it has the exact same problems. Mm. The gameplay loop 
fabulous. Now, this is a game. Now, Moranian Terrorist Story is the same way, but this is a game that was clearly a mobile game that was ported to Switch. And I'm not saying that as as a a crack at it because I like mobile gaming and I like mobile gameplay. And I think that if it's on um, mainline consoles and it will become more normalized and I'm happy about that. Um, but this one more than Moranian Tavern Story kind of shows its mobile roots. Mm. Also, it's all touchscreen, what, which what I really like. That? It, it feels like a mobile game. It feels like the kind of game that you're supposed to open up on your phone, play for five minutes and then put down. Because if you play longer than that, you run out of energy? No, because there, while there is an energy system in it, it's been modified to a console version, and you basically never run out of stamina. You never Why run out of something there? to do. Um, because I presume that they couldn't ditch it completely. Okay. So what happens that makes you stop playing? Um, I have to do something else, like a mean? podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> he said it's a game that's meant for playing for five minutes and then putting away. And I'm wondering what happens after that five minutes. Does it get boring, repetitive? No, no. Or... I, I mean, it is pretty repetitive, but it's a really enjoyable repetitive. It's very satisfying. So then why would you stop playing after five minutes? Oh, there's the typos. Oh. Uh, you saw that, right? No. Customers. C-O-S-T-U-M-E-R-S. Costumers. Costumers. Yeah, so this game... Um, it no, was a, but no, no, no. You made this statement that because it's Because while very the game mobile. is closed, it continues selling stuff. Ah, so you're uh, supposed to let it go. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So right. while the game is closed, in even on the Switch, um, uh, things continue to sell. So you continue to gather money and you consider, continue to gather CP, cooking points. But yeah, again, just like Moranian Tavern Story, this game, well, and here's the really frustrating part is this game has like a discuss. So you get cooking points CP. What? You don't like melon bread? No, they failed. Ooh. Yeah. Um, The dishes in this game are amazing. Anna's been showing them to me. Yeah, they're really fun. There's there's one where an octopus hugs a loaf of bread and it's called hug bread. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So the the premise, the story behind this game is um, you are the person that now manages the World Tree Marche, which is a place where a whole bunch of food trucks come and park um, because the the prince of your... So you were a chef in the royal um, kitchen and the king and queen are away doing king and queen things. They don't specify it because it doesn't matter. And the prince got suckered into buying $5 million of food. That's a lot of food. So you have decided um, to pay back the debt before his parents get home so that he doesn't get in trouble. <laughs> okay, the story is Do ridiculous, like him or but it's really or... funny. I mean, he's your prince. Okay. Ooh, udon bread. Very yes. high in calories. Very high in calories. Carb on carb. <laughs> Very high in calorie. Yeah, so as you can see, if you're watching us live at twitch.tv slash RPGamer, um, Chris is actually playing videos of this particular game, and there are typos everywhere in this game. There's, like, typos and tense cor- incorrections, and, like, no one told them that ellipses is a proper um, punctuation in Japan and, like, not in North America. So Man, there are I've ellipses never... everywhere. I've never tried like ramen in a bread bowl. Now I want to try well, that. Well, it's udon, not ramen. So the thicker oh, noodles. noodles. Yeah. Um, you've never had chicken noodle soup in a, in a bread bowl? 
from no, like Panera. I, it's that great. Sounds gross. Um, no, no, it's amazing actually because the the soup melts or leaks into the surrounding bread in the bread bowl, and so now your whole thing of sourdough bread has soup flavor in it, and it's awesome. Yeah, that sounds gross. It's I've not gross. Usually done either Wisconsin cheese or uh, tomato soup in a bread bowl. Yeah, there and you go. So there you go. Just imagine that, but with chicken noodle soup in there, and Ooh. oh my gosh. So yeah. I want Panera now. Um, you go out in the field and you gather ingredients and then you come back and you spend CP cooking points to get a hint about what you should cook next. And the idea is, is you're considered a weird chef because you combine really bizarre ingredients together. So like pepper sandwiches. Yeah. Not, not like green peppers, yellow peppers, red peppers, like cracked peppercorns. Peppercorns. Oh, no. That seems bad. Yeah. Or toast. Wasabi cake. Um, Ew. Okay. Okay. You say that. But in Japan, I had wasabi ice cream and it was amazing. Yeah. Wasabi can actually be a really good flavor for sweets. Um, But we don't think of it that way. But Mm. that said, the bean sprout bread here. um, No, thank you. (laughs) Yep. So um, how about a grape? um, Grape and uh what was it grape and chili rice ball oh just uh, stop telling us your dishes <laughs> yeah so they're weird the art in this game is stunningly beautiful oh and there's a story about yggdrasil too in here somehow yeah so you're on <laughs> so it's the world tree marche so it's oh. underneath the world tree and so you have a special power that lets you see the guardian of the world tree her name Which is, is a julie cat bat? yes her name is julie she's a cat bat and when you have progressed far enough as as you progress through the story and you fulfill certain uh themes the world tree produces a fruit of that theme so like there's been a fruit of friendship and a fruit of competition and a fruit of generosity et cetera et cetera et cetera so yeah so you get up to six trucks in total um, and then you get up to 12 places to explore for ingredients and you can eat the food and that gives you more stamina and then you sell the food and there are sales goals. So like um, two, it, your sales goals will always be two dishes from that particular truck and you need to sell a certain amount of them. Once you do, you get eggs. So there's a premium currency that isn't premium anymore. It's just baked into the game. And that's the golden eggs and the golden eggs let you do things like add additional cell spots to um, the trucks and things like that. It, it was pretty clearly a currency that you could just straight up buy. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's a really well put together game. It's just got a crap localization. It looks cute. It is very cute. And again, I'm so torn because much like Meridian Tavern Story, it's like, this gameplay is so satisfying. And the story, we could have been so much better. Well, and okay, it does have one big problem is no one went through and standardized the description of any of the ingredients. So when you spend CP, you will get a hint about um, what you should put into a dish to cook it. And there are three different kinds of noodles in the game, and all of them have different descriptions on the noodles themselves. But in the recipe, all three of them are defined as slippery. Hmm. So it's like, combine bread with slippery noodles. It's like, all right, I have three different kinds of noodles, and they are all defined in recipes as slippery. Guess I'll just try everything until something works. Oh, man. And they they kind of have the same problem where it's like... um, 
Some recipes call for something spicy, and you never know if they're referring to peppercorn or chilies. Yeah. Also, recipes sometimes call for nuts, and sometimes they're referring to walnuts, and sometimes they're referring to coffee. Coffee? Yeah. A coffee and a nut. It's a bean. I know. So, yeah, it's like... Same difference. It... Someone didn't go through and define all of what the different ingredients should sound like before they wrote the recipe descriptions. And so, yeah, there's some recipes that I'm like, I've tried like 25 different combinations of stuff, and I still don't know what the hell I should be doing. So someone machine translated this thing and got like one pass from a haggard uh, editor real quick. From from somebody in accounting? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> poor final fantasy 4 and so yeah it's just i like this game but it could be so much better so yeah it's out now on twitch i actually do recommend everyone's it. named after a spice yeah except the girl that's possessed by ghosts oh is her name pamela no her name is hang on i'm gonna have to open up my game to double check no it's okay no 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 oh no i'm in a story never mind yeah and it's cool because everybody has their own little story. So, like, Anise gets fat when she eats bread, but she's a bread baker. Um, Fennel is a spy. And um, Basil wants to become a demon overlord. The demon overlord. Um, and then the girl who... There's a girl who's possessed by ghosts and can't talk to men. She's terrified to talk to men. And then uh, there's a, a girl. Oh, yeah. So Majorum, her name is spelled differently than the name everybody calls her. <laughs> I don't know how that didn't get caught Oops. in editing, but whatever. Um, she She's a witch. And she got cursed to turn into a dragon when she gets angry. Because she used dragon fire for her cooking. She just wanted a really good steak, okay? And now she's cursed. Okay. We've all been there. Well, if she's using fire to make it well done, she's doing it wrong. So this World Tree Marche game is not on the iOS app store. Really? Yeah. Not under that name, at least. I know, right? That is stunning. Because, yeah, it's it was definitely a mobile game. Maybe it just never got localized for North America on mobile. I only see news about it on Switch, too. I wonder if it had a different name. Probably. So, But yeah, I, I mean, I recommend it, but not if bad localizations drive you crazy. All right. Is that everything we've all been playing? I think so. I think it's time for the news. <laughs> so uh, a quick thing. We're, we're celebrating some anniversaries this weekend. So happy oh, second. Is it our anniversary? No. Uh, sometimes we forget. So I, I know. To check. Yeah. <laughs> so happy two-year anniversary to the Nintendo Switch. Hey, congrats, Yay. Switch. You're not dead. And uh, it's also the 20-year anniversary of Sony announcing they had finished development on the PlayStation, uh, the next-generation PlayStation. Cool. Which Which one was that? PlayStation 2. Oh, and also, I think, like, this week, they finally put on the Japanese website that the Vita's out of production. Yes, the Vita is officially out of production (laughs) in Japan. It's dead. It's dead. It's dead. Crying tears. F. F. Square, square, square button on the Vita. 
No, I was pressing F to pay respects. No, no, I know. You press the square button to pay respects on the Vita. Yeah. So here's my favorite part. is so um, Someone put up the original press release where Sony announced that they had uh, finished development on the next generation PlayStation. Here, here you go, Chris. The next generation PlayStation massively increases the quality and performance of graphics technology to the maximum level that can be enjoyed on a television set through the innovation Ooh. design of its new graphics synthesizer. Cool. The new graphics synthesizer will give software experiences for the next generation PlayStation unparalleled graphic quality and detail. Emotion engine. The next generation PlayStation technology combines this richly detailed graphic quality with the revolutionary ability to generate world's characters' behaviors and complex physical simulations in real time via the massive floating point processing power of the system. Mm. What's floating point processing power? Uh, it's uh, non-integers. It means uh, decimals. And you need it a lot for graphics stuff. Okay. Was this the one with the rubber duck demo? I think so. Could have been. Sony was big on rubber duck demos for a while. And then they did fireworks demos. For some reason, they released it as a game. I've sent you a link to the mobile game on the iOS app store. It's unlocalized. Yeah. So, All right. Um, Real news. Real news? Where's my news? I just did the do 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 Okay. Um, Bethesda has detailed upcoming Fallout 76 updates. Uh, these updates will be released for free and are split into three major groups. Cool. Releasing... Is there one about making it good? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> these, uh, these major updates do we will know be released when the, when 2019. The, hold on. Do we know when the, the canvas bags come out yet? I think people have them at this point. No. Really? Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, Wild Appalachia, spring 2019. Nuclear winter, summer 2019. That feels odd. And Wastelanders is fall 2019. <coughs> Wild you can have a nuclear winter any season of the year. Fine. So open open season. <laughs> what what? Um, the they they revealed some of the content uh, for Wild Appalachia. Uh, it's Appalachia, right? Appalachia. Yeah. Appalachia. App- or some people say Appalachia. Okay. Um, that content is arriving on March 12th, so only 10 days from now. Um, various updates, including the following two quests, two new quest series called Sheer Terror, S-H-E-A-R, and Ever Upwards. Are you going to be, like, shearing, like, um... Sheep. Sheep? What's a radioactive sheep pro- produce? Anyways, uh, new legendary. There's a new legendary gear vendor and the ability to scrap unwanted legendary items. New camp decorations, player vendors, and a new camera. Brewing and distilling systems and recipes. A Fastnacht Paradise seasonal event, and the new survival game mode, which we talked about. That sounds terrible. It's like full on PvP. It, it does seem appropriate that if you're in West Virginia, you can become a moonshiner. <laughs> that, that does seem appropriate. roads, to. take me to the bar. West so yeah, Virginia. if you're playing Fallout 76 and excited for this stuff, let us know. Because I'm curious to hear the perspective of someone who likes Fallout 76. Because I feel like all we do is poop on it. And I don't think any of us have played it except for Jonathan. Yeah. It's a yeah, good game, right, Jonathan? It's, 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 I don't think it's as bad as it's made out to be. <laughs> The, um, I feel bizarre. like you say that about yeah. every game we talk about that's bad. 
So. Well, and we'll get to that in the feedback. Oh, so. okay. All right. Um, Owlcat Games and Deep Silver have released more information for the upcoming DLC for Pathfinder Kingmaker. It is called Varnhold's Lot. And it is a standalone side story that follows uh, Megar Varn, um, a mercenary band leader. Players will create a new character and begin a new campaign that chronicles Varn's rise to power. Wait, 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 wait. One of the characters you're controlling in one of these screenshots is a deer. Um, Are they... Uh, is it a pet? Is it a druid? I don't know. Okay. But I have to say, I fully approve of weird characters. So if you pick up the season pass right now, not only will you get Varnhorn's Lot, you will get um, Tiefling, t- the Tiefling race, and a Kinetisis class. Um, Trails of Cold Steel on PlayStation 4 has a release date. This was really confusing. Um mm-hmm. The way they did it, the way they rolled it out was confusing. Right. So what they did is like they gave one website an exclusive to the release date. Um, And then Marvelous of Europe made a blanket statement that the game was not coming out on that date. (laughs) Confusing everybody until finally, like, like at the end of the day. Exceed finally put out a press release that was like, yes, it's coming out March 26, 2019 in North America. And then like a day later, Marvelous put out a press release saying, yes, it's coming out on Europe on March 29th. It was really weird. It was bizarre. It was like the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing. No. (laughs) They're the same company. It would be like Square Japan announce, or it would be like Square USA announcing something and then Square Japan saying, no, that's not right. <laughs> Wait, no, that happened, actually. Virtual console stuff, so I'm just going to shut up. Anyways, if you're looking forward to playing Trails of Cold Steel, the first one comes out on uh, March 26th in North America, March 29th in Europe. Um, Trails of Cold Steel 2 um, is still planned for 2019, and Trails of Cold Steel 3 um, is going to be published in North America and Europe by NIS uh, later this year. <sighs> all right new darksiders 3 dlc um it's available now it's called the crucible the mighty targon overseer of the crucible has invited the third horseman of the apocalypse to test her might in his arena of champions if you are interested in picking up this dlc it's available on pc ps4 and xbox one for 6.99 or locally equivalent Hey, Nino Kuni 2 DLC. Like a year after it's relevant. <laughs> Was this one promised from the beginning? Yeah, so th- okay. they they promised 3 DLC when the game launched. Yeah. So they're so, like contractually required to put this one out. So this is the second DLC for Nino Kuni 2. Um, oh, it is called The Tale of a Timeless Tome, and it releases March 19th, 2019. Oh, it's got the conductor from the first game. What? Okay. Um, Tale of a Timeless Tome sees Evan and his friends investigating a rumor about a tuxedo-wearing rabbit seen only in people's dreams. Yeah, that's uh, that's an alternate Oliver from the first game. What? Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. Eh? Yeah, I okay. get to that. <laughs> it was part of. It was very end game. Okay, and I, I don't know if it was in the PS4 version. That might have been a, a DS thing. I forget. Um. So 
The Tale of a Timeless Tone has new fighting styles, including Wizard's Companion, and that will probably sound pretty familiar to players of Nino Kuni Wrath of the mm-hmm. Waywitch. Um, this DLC also includes a new battle arena called the Solosium Slog. And that rewards players with new items for completing various challenges. Um, it will be, this DLC will be available on both PC and PS4 priced at fourteen ninety nine. If you picked up the game pass like a year ago when the game actually came out, um, that's included. So we had a Nintendo direct this week. We had a Pokemon themed Nintendo Direct this week. And so I predicted that it was going to be like two minutes on Pokemon Go and two minutes on the Pokemon Let's Go demo. And then we were going to get like the name announcement for the new game. And that was it. That that was my prediction. You were wrong. I was 100% wrong. Well, I was 99% wrong because it was seven minutes dedicated completely to Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield, which is the new generation um, with a late 2019 release date. Um, Sword and Shield takes place in the brand new region of Galar, which is uh, the United Kingdom upside down. <laughs> and they also showed the new starters, which is Grookey, the grass type monkey, Scorbunny, a fire type, and Sobble, who's a water type. And he's a precious cinnamon roll, and I just want to hold him. He's very Everybody- shy. Everybody loves Sobble. No, Scorbunny. As long as yeah, he's not I've a fighting type. As long as he's not a fighting type, Scorbunny forever. Listen, I have a friend that's making me an amiguri of Sobble, and you're not going to talk me out of it. Hey, now, so here's something I learned what? that I didn't realize. Hmm? Incineroar is not a fighting type. Yeah, I'm no. pretty sure he was supposed to be a fighting type, and then they went, oh, right, we've already had three firefighting starters. Maybe we should make him dark. Yeah, so I'm wondering if they're going to do that again here, but maybe not. Or maybe they're going to be like, oh, last time we had our fighting guy be fighting slash dark, so this time it can be a fighting type. So, and so here's what the really interesting thing is, is Sobble's name in other languages, um, there's like one where it sounds like he's a plant, and there's a bunch of others that have ghost-ish names. Hmm. So is it going to be a water ghost? Is it going to be Yeah, probably. Is it going to be a water grass? Water ghost would be cool. You know, it was it only took 8 generations for me to realize that all of the fire types were Chinese zodiac themed. Oh, you didn't what? notice that? Yeah. Nope. Every every um what? fire type is a, is a zodiac. Yeah. What? We'll explain it to you after the podcast. Wait, so where do I see this? here's my favorite part of this is because this is taking place in UK and it's flipped upside down. You start in Scotland <laughs> and <laughs> Scottish Twitter has taken to this like nothing else. Oh, the memes have been hilarious. The, the voice acting, the memes, the tweets. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Because Scottish Twitter is amazing. Just uh, oh, you want to have a go, mate? Well, is the Catholic Pope is the is the Pope Catholic? The other ones I can't repeat. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, let's keep this family friendly, but let's just say they're very funny. And Scottish people talk on Twitter the way that they actually talk, just like the rest of us, because that should be obvious. But I, did, I it didn't occur to me that they would do that, and it's amazing. And the, the internet also wasted no time with fan art of the female protagonist and. She funny. doesn't have a purse. Yes. She's got a real bag. Mm. 
the male Victory. protagonist has like a freaking military Suitcase. camp on his back. What is going on with that? <laughs> that is not comfortable. What are you doing? Stop. All right. Um, so we're going uh, to be talking about Pokemon a lot. So I'm just going to move on to the next story. So, all right. Um, Judgment. Um, previously known as Judge Eyes in Japan. Um, they've announced their, their localization is, is like massively expanded um, for the first time. And so uh, the, the guy that normally works on the Yakuza games is working on the localization for this. And he's like super active on Twitter. And so it's really cool seeing him give some insight into this. So the game will be available with both English and Japanese voiceovers. Um, and there are two types of English subtitles. One is subtitles for the English uh, voiceovers and one is English subtitles for the Japanese voiceover. Which is so cool. I'm, I wish more games cool. did that. And there is also going to be a localization of French, Italian, German, and Spanish subtitles for the Japanese voice acting. Yeah, it drives my husband nuts when I'm playing a game with English subtitles and he can obviously tell that it's just the English subtitles and not like localized Japanese. Mm-hmm. Or the vice versa, where sometimes that the you get an English track and you have the subtitles on, and okay. the subtitles don't match what the people are saying. Mm-hmm. Mm, I have that problem when I'm watching um, like fan subbed anime. Yeah. Anyways, or um, I have that problem sometimes when I'm watching on Hulu as well. All right. Um, so, in case you're not familiar with uh, Judgment, it is uh, set in the same world as Yakuza. And it's a legal thriller that follows Yagami, yeah. uh, who is a former defense lawyer who has uh, become a private investigator after a former client betrayed him. So this game is already available in Japan and is releasing in North America and Europe this summer. I'm looking forward to this. This is a game that you and I are going to have to play together every night, Chris. Mm-hmm. Hey, the company that made uh, Regalia of men and monarchs uh is putting out a new game called warsaw which it is looks a... depressing yes it, does. it looks fascinating oh it does it just i love the use of color and imagery in this game mm-hmm. i'll have to check this one out i yeah. like the the first game they made yeah so um this is a tactical rpg set in the Polish city of Warsaw during the 1944 uprising against the occupying Nazi force. Um, You will command squads made up of recruits from many walks of life, including members of the underground resistance, civilians, and criminals. Combat is turn-based using different classes, resource management aspects, as well as skills, weapons, and abilities designed to complement each other. Um, so the game it has uh, lots of replay value with both historical and fictional fictional events potentially occurring based on the circumstances around each playthrough. So this game is being developed for PC, PS4, and Nintendo Switch and is planned for a Q3 2019 uh, release. Also, it has a song um, by a famous Polish singer called Brodka. I don't know anything about Polish singers. So I cannot comment on their fame. All right. Hey, guys, remember like two weeks ago or three weeks ago how we were talking about Activision Blizzard made like a bajillion, gajillion dollars and then fired like 800 people? 
Yeah, to make their stock price go up. Yep. Yes, I recall. So um, they have now put out a new, they have now put out an updated filing um, that that is basically said, we fired those 800 people for nothing. Wait, we wait, wait, wait. That. Say that one again. Yep. Who Who is this? Activision Blizzard. That, what? Yeah. So here is what the updated filing says. In February 2019, we announced a restructuring plan under which we plan to refocus our resources on our largest opportunities. We believe this restructuring plan enables us to provide better opportunities for talent and greater expertise and skill on behalf of our business. Our ability to achieve the desired and anticipated benefits from the restructuring plan is subject to estimates and assumptions and the actual savings and timing for those savings may vary materially. These estimates and assumptions are also subject to significant economic, competitive, and other uncertainties, some of which are beyond our control. I I don't know what any of this means. Furthermore, there can be no assurance that our business will be more efficient or effective than prior to the implementation of this plan, and that additional restructuring plans will not be required. The The implementation of this restructuring plan may be costly and disruptive to our business, or have negative consequences, such as attrition beyond planned reduction, negative impacts on employee morale and productivity, and on our ability to attract and retain highly skilled employees. So yeah, the teal deer is, uh, they, they think they're going to have to pay something like one and a half million dollars of severance, possibly more. And by the way, this has completely killed everybody's morale and way more people are quitting than we thought. Whoops. Go figure that happens when you fire a bunch of people. Yeah. But but the stock price went up, so, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I mean, bear in mind that the CEO of Activision, Bobby Kotick, um, gets paid 300 times more than the average employee. And, and the because, employees are not lowly compensated. Yeah, be, because he made so much money um, off of the last year, he got something like a twelve million dollar bonus. So yeah, um, let's talk about unionizing the video game industry. <laughs> oh yeah, all right. Uh, makes me glad that I don't work with any big companies. Right. I'd just like to point out that Cyndaquil is not a rat, so your theory is not true. Okay. For your for your zodiac. It, it is rodent like. It no, counts. it's a freaking echidna and they're not rodents. And they also have They're mustelids, uh, I think. Charmander under the dragon one. I'm okay Charmander. with that. But you know, he wasn't a dragon until later, but you know, whatever. Alright. We have a Kickstarter <laughs> check in. Hmm? You can be pedantic about that. Listen, Anna, we have important things to discuss. Like how they're retconning the Zodiac into these fire starters, and I think we need to make it clear that we won't put up with that. Eternal crap. Radiance is an action RPG that follows a squire named Celeste in the Ashen Order, a centuries old group that protects the people of Darsenia. Oh, sorry, Darencia. As part of her trial to become a full knight, she is tasked with retrieving an artifact. Unfortunately, the artifact is stolen, with the chase taking Celeste and her allies across the continent as a wider plot unfolds. 
Um, the campaign has already achieved its goal, um, and it's going to run until March 14th, 2019. It's being developed for PC, PS4, and Switch. They want to have it out this year. If you pledge $20, you receive a digital copy of the game as part of your back. Uh, backer rewards um and if you're interested in checking it out now they actually have a little one hour playable demo what, what do you get if you uh what do you have to pay to get a copy of the game anna yeah i'm just blown away by the fact that three sentences ago i said you have to pay twenty dollars to get a copy of the game. oh you did oh um I may be distracted with this Cyndaquil stuff. All right. And then if you pay a bazillion dollars, $5,000, you get to design a side character. <laughs> oh, wait. No, this is uh, Singapore dollars or something like that. Uh, yeah, so it's Singapore. 3700 bucks US. So it's very affordable. <laughs> but, you know what? Maybe we should have a discussion after this podcast about things that are affordable. <laughs> so we had lots of editorial content this year. You th- said that last year. week. I know, and it's true again this okay. year, this week. Oh my! Why am I saying year? <laughs> Oni Musha War- Warlords review. Yes. Death End request review. Yep. A Pillars of Eternity, the first one review. Yep. And an Assassin's Creed Odyssey review. Thanks, Sam. We love you. When, do we have a Pillars of Eternity two review? I'm I'm not sure. You have I to don't check. Know. I'm disappointed. Pillars of Eternity one got a three point five from Mr. Mike Menke. Um. Um, we also have an impression of Nelki and the oh, Legendary Alchemist. You, you're into that game. Thanks to our man in Japan. Is it looking good, Anna? Yeah. Good. You and liked then, it. Yeah, yeah, he did. And he's he's kind of hot and cold on the... the, the it, it's not that most game, Atelier so. fans, they're usually hot and cold on various games. You know, they got the ones okay, they like and the ones fair, they don't. That's fair. And then um, oh, we, this have, is weird. we have import elements. They imported like art books from Japan. Yep, Alex. Alex uh, got two art books from Japan: Xenoblade Chronicles Two, and the Duology. Oh, we're linking to Amazon. We should figure out how to get money out of that. Um, <laughs> they, those should be referral links. They aren't. Okay, we'll have to figure that out. I don't think. Right. Well, because they're it's Japan's Amazon. So boxers, briefs. Yes. Wait, we have referral links on the site. Yes. Who do they go to? Amazon. Who gets the money? We do. Well, no. Not not by any way I know of. All right. So we'll discuss this after the <laughs> podcast. If you live outside the U.S., particularly in Canada, you can now play Dragalia Lost. Yay! What's Dragalia Lost? Um, It's the... The Nintendo Psy Games thing, right? Oh. Yeah, but it's got terrible draw rates. Don't play it. No, no. It's not doing well, right? No, That's it's what I doing terrible. Oh, really? It's yeah. a, I like the music yeah, so of this it game. Did, so, I like the looks of this game. I don't like the game of the this gotcha game. The gotcha mechanics are hot trash. <laughs> and I mean, it's a gotcha mechanic to begin with, which is already questionable. But I mean, you can make fair gotcha, and then you can make Dragalia lost gotcha. So it feels... It, it makes Shin Megami Tensei feel fair. It makes, like... <laughs> it makes Record Keeper feel fair. Record Keeper's f- fairer than both of those, Anna. Uh, it's way easier to get a five-star in Record Keeper. Yeah, that's... Yeah, but played... it's not necessarily for a character that you want. Well, I mean, whatever. Like, so here's the biggest problem... Get me problem a five-star with... in Dragalia Lost and then come ask, well, tell here's, me about this. So here's the problem with... Here's the big problem with Dragalia Lost is 
every time you don't get a five star, the percentage rate goes up. Yeah. But if you get a five star item and they're yes. not necessarily useful, that yeah. resets your drink. That resets your five star things. That resets your five star counter. It's great. Yeah. It's awful. You it's got like... a background. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. I got a picture. Yeah. I'm glad I spent money. So Dragalia lost tanked starting in January. Okay. It's not doing good. And it's such a pity because you're right. The gameplay is really good. The music is phenomenal. The graphics are woo. And the 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 way to make money in that game is just garbage. I don't know if I think the gameplay is phenomenal, but whatever. Hey, if you're an Android uh, user and want to play Stardew Valley on the go, Stardew Valley is coming to Android. Hey, so it's probably already pirated? I'm sure it is. Ahead of release? Yep. Um, <laughs> Bard's Tale 3 is coming to... Oh, sorry. Bard's Tale 3 is out on Steam and GOG, 15, 14, $14.99. Like, this is the original Bard's Tale yeah, 3. Yeah, Bard's Tale 3. Okay. Um, Chronos Arc is getting Oh, but this a... is a remastered. Yeah. Yeah. Chronos Arc is getting a physical release. Um, it may be already sold out. From Limited Run Games? Yep. Yeah, I think so. Is um, that a... Uh, is that a oh it's chemco a, alert chemco alert yeah. that's yeah, a uh, chemco published game uh phantom doctrine is getting um a how do i explain this they're they're adding it so that you can make um you can make your own maps you can make your own maps and, and characters yeah and this new one side stories. I yeah, know. remember I played this at PAX one oh, year this is that, is and this they were the yeah. one that's like I, yeah. you can film for 5 minutes and i'm going to time you and i'm like Hi. <laughs> so if you have phantom doctrine um on pc playstation yeah, yeah. this 4 is the Xbox cool like one. uh conspiracy it's yeah. the uh, spy XCOM game but yeah. i hear the gameplay is kind of it's got some rough patches it's yeah. yeah it's fine um but unless you're familiar with this genre i would not suggest it and people going in thinking it's going to be like XCOM get annoyed because the combat isn't that great a lot of it's about sneaking and hiding and like people can shoot through walls and shit and it's annoying that kind of stuff mm. and if you like first person randomly generated dungeon crawlers crimson keep is coming out march 5th in north america on the playstation 4 uh then march 6th uh, in europe on the playstation 4 oh and this Xbox. looks indie what is this thing yeah, I think it came out on PC already. Um, Mutant Year Zero has an update. A free content yeah. update, including Stalker Trials, a new challenge mode that offers unlimited opportunities to play and compete on the game's leaderboards. Um, and if you aren't 100% sold on the game, a demo has been released um, uh, on PC. And no demo yet on consoles. But the game itself is available on PS4 and Xbox One. And it's part of Game Pass. And uh, this is the one that I thought was too hard. Yeah. This one is bringing this up is shaming me that I haven't beaten it yet. Shame. It's coming to something else soon. No. It's just getting a demo. It got a demo on PC. It doesn't have a demo yet on Xbox One. No, 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 no. Zeros. I just saw this. Yeah, it's coming to the... Uh, I think it's coming to the Switch. What? Yeah. They will consider a port Switch switch port soon. I thought I saw something else this year, th- this week. But okay. whatever. Maybe not. Feedback! I must have imagined it. So we asked, what RPG franchise would you like to see made into a movie? Or in the case of Final Fantasy, a 
better movie. And uh, Shaman says, Dragon Quest, but with a Zimmer soundtrack so that crap Sugiyama doesn't see a dime. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, instead they went and did the orchestrated and uh, just made it part of the Switch game port. And uh, Lol Whoops says, I'd love to see some SMT games made into a Netflix series rather than a movie. Like Nocturne or maybe the Devil Survivor games. Devil Survivor would be an amazing TV show. Yes, it would. I would watch a movie based on an SMT game, but I'd hope for it to have multiple films instead of just being one off. Um, there was an OVA of the original Shin Megami Tensei, but it's only in Japan, though. It, there are fan subs on YouTube. And then Ryan says, Suikoden, Xenosaga, or Trails of Cold Steel? Trails of Cold Steel would make a cool movie. But mm-hmm. I, I I think just because of the sheer amount of material in it, it might make more sense as like an episodic Netflix series as well. Yeah. It's like every Having... chapter would be sort of an episode. Having watched the uh, movie version of Trails in the Sky, that that's too much stuff to cram into two hours. Yep. <laughs> um, so Featherhoof writes in, and I'm sorry, Featherhoof, we love you. Featherhoof says, I'm wondering if I should stop leaving comments, because ever since I plucked up the courage to go that, to do so, that's, a, that's about the time when I'd find a new game I love or really enjoyed, and the cast would come back to me every week and tell me how it ranges from meh to garbage. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oops so (laughs) caveat we all recognize that some games aren't for everyone and just because we think something is bad doesn't mean it's inherently bad also this cast skews extremely jrpg and like not wrpg at all that's why we have jonathan jonathan saves us so and uh Feather... that's a lot of the pressure on you jonathan <laughs> no <laughs> pressure or anything uh Featherhoof then... also says oh sorry go ahead well no, no and i mean sometimes you're you're just stuck like like with anthem i mean like i've wanted to like that game and i've just been stuck with you know like i i would not say that my experience of bugginess is necessarily everyone's experience but it has definitely kind of drugged me down you know and I'm... i can't do anything about that it's just been buggy And the other issue is that we play a lot of games and sometimes stuff clicks with us and sometimes it doesn't. Like, I love the original Tales of Vesperia when it came out, but for some reason I'm just not feeling the remake and I don't know why. So your mileage definitely varies when it comes to our opinions. All right. Featherhoof also says, I'm going to be the weirdo who says how much he enjoys Anthem. I haven't enjoyed a looter shooter since this much since the days of Borderlands 2 or The Division. The game is gorgeous. The combat is super fun. The four javelins give diverse and unique skills and armaments. And I love coming back to Fort Tarsus and talking to all the citizens there. They're slowly becoming my new Mass Effect Normandy family. Owen is clearly best character and I call dibs on Rissa Brin as my waifu. Its story is less than compelling, I'll admit. It serves more as an excuse to get you out there and shooting things with a re- uh, than a reason to care about what's going on. But the colorful group of people back in Fort Tarsus and super fun gameplay totally make up for the game's shortcomings. And yeah, I mean, like Josh, I have a few friends that are playing this. Um, the dilemma is, is most of my friends that are playing this are parents, so they want to play Friday night and they can't. <laughs> oh, because yeah, it like- stops working? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wasn't working last night. It was, the servers were having issues. Yeah, they're like, um, after the kids like, go to bed, I have 90 minutes to play games, and I can't connect. Yeah. 
like I like the gameplay. There, I have really enjoyed, especially playing as the Colossus and getting the flamethrower and just lighting all kinds of stuff on fire. Like that stuff is fun. It's just, I'm definitely more of a story person than just mechanics kind of person. Mm-hmm. So. The, the 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 iffy story affects me more than some other people and yeah the the buggy issues kind of it, it is really well, annoying is a story from down. idea factory no. <laughs> oh you said iffy story i got confused <laughs> no that would be a different kind of story that would be a different kind of issue that would probably but... improve anthem wouldn't it <laughs> all right rather be different also answers our question of the week my knee-jerk reaction is to scream none please no but if i had to choose one i'd say radiata stories because i love a two-hour movie about a young man who walked around town kicking people until they got so annoyed they got into fights with him and then there's the random cameo from leneth valkyrie just because and then he wins at everything in life when the young man recruits her at least that's how i remember the game going right or how about Eternal Sonata? A two-hour fever dream occurring during the last moments of Chopin's life could be all kinds Spoilers. of... Spoilers. You didn't know that's what the game was about? No, I did. I okay. just figured it's a spoiler. <laughs> uh, Victor writes in, whenever pretty much anyone on RP Gamer says a game is meh or garbage, there's a base 50% chance I will enjoy it. There's a base 50% chance that I will hate it. Hey, so this is what we have dreams for. Or try a demo before yes. risking $60 of my limited video games budget. And Victor says, question of the week. Let's return to Final Fantasy VII with Final Fantasy Advent Children 2. Yeah! Because I liked Advent Children, and I want to see the story behind the very last scene of the Final Fantasy VII ending. And I want more, um, I need to get more statues. My statues are Advent Children statues, so if we have oh, a sequel, love okay. more statues. Alternatively, a Final Fantasy VIII movie would be interesting, if extremely unlikely. I just want Red Thirteen to have more screen time. Yeah, Nanaki. He's the best character, and I'll fight anyone that disagrees. <laughs> so Prove those, me wrong. Those lining up to fight, uh, Kelly can do so. By several ways, email podcast at rpgamer.com. Call or text us at 608-729-4098. You can come and listen to the show live Saturday at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, at twitch.tv slash rpgamer. And otherwise, you can go to the website, rpgamer.com, check out the podcast, leave a comment underneath the podcast. Recorded live in front of a studio audience. No. Half of us aren't even wearing pants. I've got. I have pants on. I got jammies on. I got sweatpants on. I got jammies with pockets for Christmas, and they're amazing. I love them. I'm going to replace all of my jammy bottoms with bottoms with pants. So this is is our question of week. What What are you wearing? No. So I put one in here, um, because it it sort of wraps around to some of the stuff that we've who been is about the lately. jar jar banks of the shrek movie series or we can go with uh chris's question of the week so we we have a we have a debate that we need to settle so what's yours uh what one game do you regret buying at full price and why oh i like that mm. hoshigami oh. ruining blue earth done final fantasy which, 11 which game on my shelf do you want me to pick which game on my shelf <laughs> Ooh. Yikes. Hoshigami. <laughs> no, um, you bought that. What was that really bad Valkyrie game? 
Valkyria game? Oh. Oh. Oh, Revolution. You bought it on yeah. Xbox, Revolution. too. Fuck yeah, that. but the thing is, uh, people told me not to buy that was bad afterwards, right? And... So you I bought it, to... and you were like, oh, I forgot that I pre-ordered this. I hear it's really bad. Did I do that, or did you do that? No, that was you. That was all you, baby. Uh, I don't know about that. But uh, more importantly, I bought Hoshigami Ruining Blue Earth, and I played it. That's a bigger mistake in my mind. Mm. Like, oh. And then I sold it away. I said, go away from me. I did not go out and do that with Valkyria Revolution. All right. So, um, new game releases, and I, I want to yeah, talk about this. Hoshikami is a really bad game. You need to understand. Releases. I want to talk about this, because we don't cover Dead or Alive 6, but we have to talk about this amazing season pass. Jonathan, you say that only because worse games have come out since. All right? No. I. It was an old PS1 game, even. I didn't mind it then. And it's not, like, Ugh. the best one, but... I know. It's sad, but you're right. There are worse games, and I know you don't think it's that bad. I didn't like it because I came into it expecting more tactics, and that's a bad expectation to have for that game. <sighs> Sorry, I'm trying to moderate myself. What's up, Anna? So Dead or Alive 6 came out this week, and it's not anything we cover, but this is hilarious. Wait, and I have wait, to wait, share wait. It. Is this a role-playing game now? No. Sure? We don't cover it. But I want to share this anyways. The season one DLC pass for Dead or Alive 6 is $93. Affordable. Comes with 62 costumes and two new characters. Listen, I know you think it's a lot, but you're saving money by getting all this stuff for a bundled price. So, and it's, I'm paying it. I get all the DLC. It's going to be fine. So here's my favorite part is, is the description of the DLC pack says, um, get everything covered for Dead or Alive 6 DLC in the first three months. And at the bottom it says, note, downloadable content not included in the list above may be released during the same period and will not be covered by this season one pass. What? <laughs> I pay $93 and not get everything? Correct. What? This is like, now, now it's like a train simulator game or something. What are we doing here? Also... If this only covers the first three months, are you going to have to pay another $93 the next three months? Oh, it's a season. It's like a Fortnite seasons. You'd be lucky it's not every two weeks. I mean, Dead or Alive 5 had something like five DLC packs, and if you wanted to buy them all, it was like $460. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, that's insane. And I just wanted to point it out. So, new releases. Um, some things we didn't talk about last week because we were goofy. Oh, or they just got announced very quickly. Uh, Bonds of the Sky for Windows 10 and Xbox One. Delta Rune Chapter 1 is out now on PS4 and Switch. Hey, Chris, how come you didn't download and play that? Play you what? Like what? Delta Rune. Delta Rune? Yeah. Which one's Delta Rune? The sequel the to Undertale, sequel. Undertale. Oh, I have that on the Switch. I just haven't played it yet. Yeah, how come you uh, didn't play it? Uh, because I'm um, stupid. Okay. Well, you it's know how long like a... it took me to play Undertale after it came out? Okay. <laughs> Delta Rune is like literally a couple of hours long. So is Undertale. No, you could finish. I mean, D Delta Rune is shorter than Undertale. You could finish it in like an evening. All right. All right. Um, Fimble, PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. 
Um, Remy Lore, Lost Girl in the Lands of Lore, came for PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove. I don't know why we're covering this. Alex, help me out it's here. It's kind of a roguelike. Okay. Uh, it came out for PC, Max, Linux, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. And then, as I mentioned earlier, World Tree Marche, the gourmet story, is available for the Nintendo Switch. And Yonder the Cloudcatcher Chronicles hit Xbox One. Coming this week, Eternity, the Last Unicorn for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. That sounds like a Chemco game. Is it? What? Eternity, the Last Unicorn. No, it is not a Chemco game. Wow. Um, I was looking this one up. I don't really understand if they got enough money to make this game or not. It's from Do- Void Studios, the developer. 1C Entertainment is the publisher. Okay. So don't expect, you know, God of War production values. However, it's they're going for a big old epic thing where you're an elf lady and you need to save the last unicorn who's been cursed by a witch or something and blah, 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 blah. And I that's really... Other than that, it looks like a Skyrim or an Amalur type game. So I don't really know what's going on. It's an action RPG. Okay. So And I haven't found good footage of actual gameplay. So I'm kind of concerned yeah, this just that looks that like means questionable it's questionable cutscene. Yeah. Nice butt. Nice stopping point. All right. Um, Crimson Keep is coming to PS4 and Xbox One, as we mentioned earlier. Um, Left Alive is coming to PC and PS4, which is a front mission universe stealth shooter. So it's RPG adjacent. Um, Devil May Cry 5 hits PC, PS4, and Xbox One. And Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn launches on 3DS. Coop. I'm kind of going back and forth about whether I want Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn. Um, because I did the Yoshi 3DS game and I really enjoyed it because you weren't throwing me in the lava. Mm-hmm. So that means you do want Extra Epic Yarn, though. I think I do, yeah. But you should play with me so I can throw you in the lava. No, thank you. My wife loves those games. There's a new uh, Yoshi game coming, Anna. Yeah. I played the demo this past week. I it's, forgot about it, it. Crafted World? Yeah. That demo's fun. It's good. The game's good. It's very simple, though. Just like all these games, it's don't expect deep platforming and expect cute, like, I just want to live here type gameplay. But I don't know. That doesn't hold my attention very long. And then I start getting like, oh, am I done with these levels yet? And so, it's, for me, these games don't fit well. Um, obviously, Anna likes them a lot more than I do. So, um, I just like to look at them. And, oh my gosh, it's so cute. So, if you're like me, and you like the look of these games, and you're like, I don't really want to play a full one, go get the demo and just play one level, and then you're good. <laughs> the Yarn Poochie is one of my favorite amiibos that I have. Mm. I freaking love Poochie. There's Poochies in this demo. You have to get little Poochies and bring them back to Mommy Poochie. Oh my god! I gotta download this demo. I love Poochie. Does he still bat at the eggs? If there's eggs in front of him? So, um, in this case, you don't get to... I didn't look at the little Poochies were bapping at my eggs. I do get to throw them like they are eggs, and then they come back to me. Yeah, in the original game, if uh, if an egg landed next to Poochie, he would uh, bap at him like a cat, and it was oh. adorable. Hmm. Uh, you'd have to. You, know, you should go play the demo and look for that stuff that I didn't notice. There's so many okay. little things going on in that stage that I could have just missed it. It's it's so like rich how well developed that stage is. Awesome. 
All right. Um, so, what is everybody going to be playing this week? Apparently the Yoshi's Crafted World demo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be trying to finish up Nexus and try to get more of a dent in Trails. I don't think I'll be finishing Trails this week, though. I'll be playing Anthem when I can connect and Final Fantasy IX when I can't. I don't know what I should play that's not Diablo Three. Someone suggest a game for Chris, please. Play Trails. Uh, Did you ever finish Xenoblade Chronicles? No. Nope. My problem with Xenoblade Chronicles finish... is it's going to take me three hours one night to figure out where I am and what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's keeping me from getting back into it. Finish Breath of the Wild. My problem with Breath of the Wild is it's going to take one night for, of me spending three hours to figure out where I am and what I'm doing, and that's keeping me from getting back in. Play, play Yakuza. Yeah. So my problem with Yakuza. No, that is not your problem with Yakuza, and you know it. You're right. I could finish that. I'm jumping back in the in the in the saddle, and uh, there's another World Series of Free Enterprise table that I will oh, be playing yeah. this weekend. So oh yeah! Oh yeah! More Final Fantasy IV for me. And then I'm gonna finish World Tree Marche. So, I think I'm just gonna go to sleep and get over this cold, and okay. then figure out what I want to play. Well, everybody's gonna go take a nap. So uh, thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Kelly. No thanks for Chris. He's sleeping. I know. And uh, we will see everybody next week. Uh, bye bye. Bye everybody. Bye bye. Uh, bye.